If you're ready to confront your destiny, if this is the moment that you've been praying for, tune in and listen to your cosmic cheerleader, Commander Lady Athena, for cosmic pep talks, for closet Christ. The show is the voice of the Ashtar Command. The call is for you to step forward into your greatness. Be listening on Wednesday. We have an appointment with destiny. Greetings in the divine love that is all that is. And we are each an embodiment of that love. <laughs> God evening, everyone. How are you? I'm Commander Lady Athena, and you're listening to the voice of the Ashtar Command. This evening, our seminar topic is wearing our authentic self within the new paradigm. So, if you're ready, let's take a deep cleansing breath together. Ready? Just relax. Let everything just settle. Imagine, if you will, that you're like a a jar of glitter that has been shaken. The world has probably shaken your glitter, (laughs) your inner consciousness, to where everything is just kind of floating around and sparkling. So as we take our next breath, let's just imagine the glitter in that jar, which represents your mind, your consciousness. Let's just see it settle quietly on the bottom of the jar, shall we? Let's take a deep breath. your glitter all settled? (laughs) Ah, there was a group of kindergarten children, and uh, one little girl gave that example that when she was upset and angry, her mind felt like a a jar full of uh, glitter that had been shaken up. And she said she would just imagine in her mind that when she took a deep breath, all that glitter would settle at the bottom of the jar. That's from like a five-year-old child, okay? (laughs) Wisdom from the mouth of babes. So anyway, wearing our authentic self, do we even have a clue what that could be? (laughs) You know, um, well, before we launch into the topic, let's just chant the hue three times because that also helps to settle the glitter in our consciousness and quiet us down, get us where we are ready to just be present here and now and let the world and all of its shenanigans just roll out of our attention for a while, okay? So let's take a deep breath. You... Notice how you're feeling. 
much quieter. Okay. So, who are you wearing? <laughs> you know, we're in Hollywood here. We're on the red carpet events. You have a um, person that interviews the celebrities as they walk by into the auditorium. And inevitably, they will ask, and who are you wearing? And you're expected to reply with the name of the designer that you're wearing that evening, your gown, your tuxedo, whatever. It would be really, really funny <laughs> if you really said that you're wearing the divine self that you are, that you have actually put on the Christ. You know, that's such a strange statement in the Bible when we're exhorted to put on Christ. I used to wonder about that. It's like, how in the world do you put on Christ? <laughs> well, well, we'll look at that a little bit. But the, the thing is, we are so often um, tempted to portray who and what we're not as if we had some sort of loyalty to the world and the great God of opinion or to anyone or anything but our own true self. But you know, here in California and Hollywood, Los Angeles, so many of the celebrities now are meditating. They're practicing mindfulness. They're doing yoga. They're chanting mantras. And they're practicing vicharana, inner inquiry, vipassana, really staying present with what's going on here and now. And more and more are awakening. And, of course, as they portray the scenes on the Hollywood screen, as they speak over the radio, as they present whatever it is they're presenting, that awakened consciousness is going forth and bringing change. Because you can't speak other than from your frequency, your vibration, and your state of consciousness. Really speaking, that's what you're wearing all the time. Now, the challenge is to make that completely in alignment with what you truly think, what you truly believe, what you truly speak, and what you truly do in your actions. When you get all of those aligned, you will have instant manifestation of anything that you put into action. Thoughts, words, and deeds will have a quantum effect throughout the cosmos. We know now that all life is intertwined. There is no such thing as separate thoughts, separate feelings, or separate beings in all of existence. We are completely one and the same. That means even if we don't speak our true feelings, there's something in every person that really gets what we're really saying beyond our words or portraying, portraying beyond our actions. Remember, this is the age of truth when every single thing that's been hidden and covered comes to light. Everything. 
nothing will be hidden. And that's the good thing, because we're moving into the age of truth, when we do not have to portray a false sense of self. We don't have to, as it were, pretzel ourselves to fit the opinions and the expectations and the demands of truly a non-existent world. Do you realize when you awaken fully, you will realize that there is nothing in all of existence but the divine self that you are? The difference is when you fully have God-realization, you experience yourself, like the avatar Satya Sai Baba does, as living in and through everyone as yourself. How's that for an identity? <laughs> Again, it's true. That's the state, that when we awaken fully, we will fully identify ourselves as the indweller of every heart and the actor through every form. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, well, that's the real authentic self. And we're all in that process of, of discovering that self. We're all in degrees of that right now. There's not a person on the planet that is not in the process of deepening their awareness of their true, authentic self. So let me ask you, how are you feeling right now? And go beyond the thoughts, the feelings. Yeah, I thought so. You didn't have even time to think how you felt today, did you? <laughs> well, join the crowd. You see, the ego's nightmare that we call this samsara, this maya, this dream that we think of as a real life and a real outer world, which it's not. It's a play of consciousness, that's all. It keeps you so busy, so distracted, so pressured, so driven that you don't have a time, really, to, to really consider what do I really want to do right now, this moment, and simply doing it. That's being true to yourself, not your ego, your true, authentic self. So this odd statement <laughs> in the Bible that exhorts us to put on Christ. Well, you know, I had a funny experience with that. In the mid-80s, when I was working on staff at Insight Seminars, um, transformational uh, human potential seminars, which we still have running, by the way, I used to carry my Course in Miracles book with me and study it, you know, on my lunch break. But one day, um, I was walking from where I have my assigned parking space down the alley to come into the Insight building, and there was this kind of scary homeless guy standing there. I had to pass within about five feet of him. It's the only way I could get, you know, to the building. And I was a little, little, you know freaked out. What was really weird was that he looked kind of like a disheveled Christ. You know, the long brown hair and kind of a, you know, a Christed scary face. <laughs> and so I had equally mixed, uh, mixed feelings about him. 
But the next day, he was there again. And, you know, you try to not be rude, but on the same token, you, you don't want to really engage because you've got to get to work. And I managed the, uh, you know, the store and the safe and the money and all that. So I couldn't dilly-dally around. I had to get to work. And but I was getting increasingly uncomfortable because there was, I wasn't, you know, you know, I was looking at him oddly and with fear. So I decided that I would dress him in a Christ suit. So I imagined that he was in like a, a jumpsuit like those uh, surfers wear, but it was Christ. I put him, I zipped him up and put him in a Christ suit. And then I thought, well, you know, I better do the same thing. So I pretended like I was putting on this Christ outfit, zipped it up the back, the Christ head, the whole, you know, shebang. And I walked by him as the Christ with just love, seeing the Christ in him, the Christ in me. I had put Christ on. I had put Christ on him. And you know what? He never showed up again. I think I passed the test. What do you think? So there is a way that we can literally put on Christ. Let me ask you, what or who did you put on this morning when you got out of bed? Or did you even think about it? Who are you wearing? Who did you put on today when you got out of bed? You know, there's a lesson in The Course in Miracles that says that we are to ask for the type of day we want first thing in the morning. And we will be given exactly that type of day if we follow the Holy Spirit and don't allow the ego to lead the way. You know, you're either following the Christ or you're following the ego. And please, when I say Christ, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about our divine self. Call it Buddha, call it Krishna, call it Sai Baba, call it something else. But that's what we're talking about here. We're not doing religion. We're doing authentic self-inquiry and authentic self-realization. And we're helping each other because we're all walking each other home, okay? So it's very important at the onset of the day, you choose who you're going to follow, who you're going to wear, and the type of day that you are intending to embody, to exemplify, to model. We are here as God's show and tell. The invisible spirit that permeates everything, gives life to everyone and everything in existence, in whom we live and move and have our being, lives in you as you and operates through you as you. And the operation is generated by the inner power of God in you, which we call the intention. Intention always manifests. So based upon what you have in your life right now, you can see the evidence of your intention. Once you get your intention really clearly aligned with your authentic self, you walk in mastery. And so the challenge is calling ourselves into our authenticity moment 
by moment by moment. And that's the key, moment by moment. The authentic self is always here now, never in the past, never in the future. If you go into the past, you're running on the ego's sad story, let's say, disempowered, unhealed story, because very few of us look back on the past with any sense of real appreciation because we generally look with a critical eye of where we failed, where we could have done better. You know, we're always running the judgment critiquing thing. When you project into the future, you're dragging the past and trying to color the future before it's even arrived. So you're in ego mind mode when you're dragging your past, bleeding all over the floor from your woundedness, and then you drag it through and bloody the present moment, and then you fling the blood into the, the future. Stop it. That doesn't work. It hurts like hell. Don't do it. So we put ourselves literally in hell when we do not stay present authentically with the spirit and mood of the moment. Do you realize that it's been shown in quantum physics that no matter if you have a month or a year ahead to prepare for something or 10 minutes that time will accommodate to a perfect completion when you're aligned with the spirit flow of that moment. I know as a uh, columnist was published for oh, 18 or more years that and a speaker, a public speaker, that I would be so stressed trying to, to meet a deadline or trying to think of what I was going to speak about. Do you know, I never really knew what I was going to say until about five minutes before I walked on the stage. And here I had worried for an entire year. But if I, and, and I did, I did learn eventually to always trust that when my intention was to be of service, the moment I stepped forward before that microphone or whatever, I would be overlighted with this incredible power that would do everything needful through me. I didn't even have to do anything but step forward in faith. Same thing with the articles. When the intention is not to um, do anything but to truly in the simplest and purest and clearest way possible, communicate the love of God operating in us and through us and as us, regardless of the other title, that it just flowed. It's like the, the, it was like the article, I'd be pregnant with the article for the month ahead. And then when the mood was upon me, the birth was, was imminent, I would sit down and the article would flow. I didn't have to even change a word. I never edited. I trusted that that was the way it was to come out. And so as creative people, whenever we have a project that we need to um, offer, the first intention is to be of service to humanity. That's it. And then we honor the spirit of the flow when it's time to birth that creative project, whatever it is. Do you know that you will save yourself. And I'm talking to me too because I, I went through this 
You will save yourself so much angst, worry, frustration, trying to force things that aren't flowing, that aren't the spirit of the moment. It's so pointless. And in this new paradigm, this paradigm of the golden age of truth, the Satya Yuga, and the new earth, we are learning to be true to ourself, our authentic self. And when you honor God in you, as you, so devotedly and purely, you will always be in the most perfect timing. Also, you will notice if you observe that the solution to whatever you're concerned about, the situation, and the timing to, to cope with it, arrive as one. The problem and the solution arrive as one. So, if you're trying to worry or fix or, or manipulate or strategize fixing something whose time has not come, do you see how you're wasting your time and your energy? But notice when you do that, how you, your energy drops. You feel drained. You immediately have glitter mind. You know, your mind starts to get agitated. And you're unhappy. Happiness is always proof that you have connected to reality, to God, to divinity, to authenticity, okay? It's always the evidence that you in some way have tapped into the divine, happiness. Notice every little whiff of happiness and you're right on target. You will not be happy if you are living counter to your true nature, counter to the spirit of the moment, counter to here and now and what really you need to be doing. You know, we have a lot of reality shows on television. I really enjoy them so much because I like to learn. I like to watch people learning how to deal with their life and, and address different situations. I was watching one of my favorite reality shows last night, and it showed a person who was like a, uh, a, a macro manager type person who could never be present in the, in, in the moment because this person constantly had to be on the cell phone and was constantly managing and strategizing to the point that there was no human interaction or relationship. And her her... You know, people around her began to give her feedback that they felt marginalized, neglected, ignored, that she could sit maybe for two minutes without the cell phone, and then it was back to the, the cell phone and the business. And you know what I'm saying? We've become, so many of us, driven by trying to be everything to everyone all the time that we completely have lost track of who we are and what we need, and what we want. And you see it reflected in the faces of the people because they, you know, if you look at the news commentators, you don't see a lot of bliss there, do you? You don't see people radiant with joy and happiness and fulfillment. No, you see driven people. 
and for the most part speaking about things that are depressing and agitating to the mind and not the good news, not the happy things. And yet, you know, there's this whole other thing going on that has nothing to do with that old paradigm at all, where people are absolutely living in the bliss of the Satchitananda, the being, awareness, bliss of the natural and authentic state of self, living peacefully and happily and joyfully. Who is that? Well, any one of us when we're being true to ourselves. Now, right now, things are coming up for people. Big time. What is it? It's unaddressed pain that has been locked into what Eckhart Tolle refers to as the pain body. It's a teaching in Buddhism. The pain body has a pain narrative that they call pain speech. The pain speech comes from what is called pain thoughts. This is hanging on to past emotional, usually, emotional pain that we have not put to rest at the feet of the Lord. You'll have to put that at the feet of the Lord. Or often the Christians will refer it to, put it at the foot, attack it to the foot of the cross. You've got to surrender those things. You've got to give them up and over. Let go, forgive, forget, move on. If you don't, you will carry that woundedness into every single relationship. You'll project it. You will undermine every single thing that could be a really holy and whole and healthy relationship because you'll feel like you're not worthy to be happy, to be loved, to be cherished, to be acknowledged, to be accepted as who and what you are. You must let that go. And if you don't, you'll see what's happening now with so many people. They're really behaving erratically, crazily. Why? Their stuff's coming up. And when the stuff is coming up, when the pain body is activated, do you know you go unconscious? You go completely unconscious. And so you see the pain acting out, but nobody's home. And that's why sometimes people commit acts and they have no recall of it later. No, they weren't drunk. They weren't under the influence, except for their unhealed past. So I can't emphasize how important it is to end cycle on your sad narrative. Enough already. Stop the pain speech. Instead... Begin to get in touch with what you really need and want. If you want to lie in bed all day with your dog, go for it. Don't feel guilty. Maybe that's the thing you need to do. So honor the present moment and what your nature, yourself, your true self really needs and wants to do at that moment, in this moment of this day. You might think, well, how am I going to get anything done? Who's running the show? Do you think you're the doer? Who breathed life into you and made you a living soul? Who beats your heart? Who watches over you when you go to sleep at night and when you're in between incarnations? Who guides you? 
when you don't know what to do, and suddenly you get the right idea to do this, and it turns out beautifully. There's something greater in you, as you, that lives through you, but has become confused with a false self that believes it's alienated, lonely, separate, and that God is some strange option somewhere, you know, for religious people and, you know, who, who knows, you know, all that. No, God lives in you as you and expresses through your authentic nature. So, pain speech comes from a pain unhealed past that is locked in what is called a pain body. I would suggest, as the Buddhist uh, teachings suggest, that you replace the pain speech with metta speech. Metta means compassion. So let's say you have a painful past and you speak into your life, say your name. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. May you be abundant. May you feel loved and supported. May you be successful. May you be joyful. May you be at ease in your life. May you be happy. Bottom line, we all just want to be happy. And when you have an enemy, it says in the the Bible that we should pray for those who despitefully use us. Hard to do, huh? But you know what? It's like defanging, you know, the poisonous serpent. You, we, remember we said that we're all inseparably entangled in the quantum field. No one is separate. Okay, say you have an enemy or someone that's unjustly dealt with you or whatever. You begin to pray for them. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. May you have abundance. May you feel loved. May you be supported. May you, you know, like that. You begin to pray for them the very things that you would pray for yourself. And bada-bing, bada-boom, you know what happens? The very things you wish for them, you are then clothed with yourself. You've put on your own blessing. You've put on your own grace. What you give, you see, you automatically receive. Isn't that interesting? So Sai Baba has taught us that when we see something negative in another person, we enforce that very quality in ourselves. So the same thing follows suit, that if we see something good in someone or we bless them, the goodness and the blessing also resides with us. He also told us that the only prayers that reach God directly are completely selfless. They're for another. And as you pray for another, again, you are healed yourself or whatever it is that you've prayed for that person. Now, why is that so? Well, for for one thing, we only see ourselves. We only talk to ourselves. We only speak to ourselves. Whoever and whatever it is, there is only the one self in different forms. There is not many selves. There is one self, one supreme spirit that 
has individually incorporated and manifested as every single person on the planet. And the energy that we transmit is always received in the spirit in which it's sent, whether or not we're aware of it. It's automatic. We can't hide. This is the apocalypse, which means the great unveiling. doesn't mean the destruction. It's the great unveiling. Okay, I'm going to share with you a teaching from Sai Baba that's very, very challenging. He's asked me to share it with you, but also to explain a little bit about each statement. Because taken at, at face value, you probably aren't going to really understand it in the light in which it's meant to be understood. Are you ready? These are the four statements from Sai Baba. Hear all and say nothing. In other words, what he means to say is, give no reply to the ego. The ego is the only one that ever expresses negatively. It's the false self. To the false self, you need go, give no reply. Remember Jesus when he was called before certain people and he knew that, that they were trying to trap him and tempt him and, and force him to say things that would incriminate him? He said nothing. And he told us in the Bible not to say anything either when we were called before uh, courts and so forth, but that the Holy Spirit would give us what we were to say at that moment. So hear all and say nothing. If it's from the true self that's speaking to you, there's no reason to say anything. If it's from the ego, there's no reason to say anything. So it's quite all right, to hear things and not have an opinion. The second statement, bear all and do nothing. That's another difficult one, but he told me to share it with you in this way. Bear all and do nothing to retaliate or get even. Because when you do that, then of course you're creating a repeat of that experience because you're acting out of the ego, which creates for you a return of that same scenario until you can transcend that lower nature. So hear all and say nothing. Give no reply to ego. Bear all and do nothing to retaliate or get even. Okay? The third... Give all and take nothing. In other words, give freely without expectation or agenda of receiving in return. Okay? Number four, serve all and be nothing. Serve because that's what a son of God, a child of God an incarnation of the divine as we are, that's what we're here to do. Serve all and be nothing. Let You don't, you, you don't need the label. You don't need the recognition. You don't need the caduce and the accolades. 
you know, when you're being your authentic self, you're loving and serving all the time. It's no big deal. So again, it's an intention and an attitude. Now, I have a question. Let's see if I can find the question here. One of our listeners wanted me to to answer this. What do you do when you have a family that has a very advanced child that you really have bonded with, that you love very much, that you're blood related to, but he's embedded in a family that uh, that you're related to also, that's in the old paradigm, and because they want, want to do a control, ego, negative thing, they're not allowing you access to that child. You know what you do? You speak authentically from yourself. You communicate with sincerity, without agenda, without venom, without negativity, without accusation. You simply say, you know, I just love so-and-so so much. I, I really, I, you know, I'm really wanting so much to, to see him and to be with him. And if you really express honestly from your heart without blaming, without insinuating that there's anything wrong, but simply, authentically, you want to be with that child, you're going to model a new approach, a new way of interacting. And this is the only way we as light workers can have any influence with people today. You can't change them with your words. You can't argue them out of their ego positioning. But you can model and exemplify a very heartfelt, true, sincere approach to your communication. So I would suggest to you, beloved, that you communicate from your heart. You know, make sure that you don't have any grievance going on because that will communicate through your words if you, if you haven't forgiven the situation. You have to do that. You have to, again, tack it to the foot of the cross, lay it down, release it, surrender it, give it to the Holy Spirit, and ask for the spirit of loving kindness to come into you and fill you before you have that conversation. But for heaven's sakes, communicate. Communicate. If we don't start talking to each other, you know, that's where our problem is. You see, we're so doggone afraid of each other. It's been said that the biggest fear we actually have on the planet is fear of one another. Why is that? I don't know. I have it too. I have it too. I also have pretzels myself most of my life to fit people's expectations, demands, and agendas. Why? Because I wanted them to love me, and I didn't want them to be cross with me or shout at me because it would make me tremble inside, and it would frighten me. And I think if you get down into your, your, your true feelings, you feel the same way. Nobody wants to be criticized or judged or shouted at or or rejected. We all want love. We all need love. We all crave love. And we were all created to have one thing, loving relationships with one another. That's what the Course of Miracles teaches us. We are here to enjoy loving relationships. And we can't do that if we're scared to death of each other. And I think 
if we could just speak without emotion. And, you know, I know as well as you do how hard that is. But if we could get to a place where we could just simply say, you know, I I just really uh, love you. And uh, I, I would really like to, whatever it is, you know, just very lovingly share where, where you're coming from and what you need. I, I, you know, I know that some people you just can't do that with. It's really not safe. They're really going to go for the juggler. They're really going to use what you've shared with them against against you. You know, that lower nature, that ego nature is cruel and vindictive and mean and uh, vicious. Our own lower nature is vicious. So it takes a while of practicing detachment, you know, practicing detaching from the the personal self that gets so offended and wounded. You know, meditation and self-inquiry eventually gets you to where you can live in the higher balcony of, of awareness, as I like to call it. But it's a, it's, it's a work in process. We just have to keep practicing. That's why it's called a spiritual practice. We just keep practicing, 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 and becoming more and more impersonal so that we realize that nobody is ever is ever attacking you, they're actually attacking themselves. You just look like a convenient uh, dumpster <laughs> or target. But it's never about you. It's always about the person. You know, whatever their issue is, it's with their own self. It's, it has nothing to do with you. And once you realize that, it's easier to just hold steady without reacting when people go off on you. So what do you do when you recognize that you're feeling angry, frustrated? You'd like to punch so-and-so in the nose. You'd like to get, you know, you'd like to give them a piece of your uh, mind, ego mind. Um, and you're just really angry inside and, and hurt and wounded and bleeding all over the place. What do you do? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I take a deep breath. I breathe in God and I breathe out love. Let's do that together. Let's breathe in God. Breathe out love. Relax. Breathe in God. Breathe out love. Relax. Breathe in God. Breathe out love. As you notice, when you're uptight and angry, you don't breathe. You hold your breath in. So that helps. And then there's a lesson in The Course of Miracles that goes like this. I must have chosen the wrong guide because I'm not happy. I don't like what I'm feeling. I must have chosen wrongly. Perhaps there's another way to look at this. What can I lose by asking for that? Holy Spirit, show me another way to look at this situation and correct my mind. Because above all, I want to walk with the Beloved. I want to walk with the Christ. 
want to be filled with the love and peace of God. Now, I've paraphrased, paraphrased that considerably, but you get the idea. Again, you act very sincerely and honestly with, with God. People think they can hide from God, but God lives in you, as you, and is aware of every thought, because it's God's thoughts. But only the thoughts we think with God are real. And God's thoughts are always of love and kindness and beauty and joy and upliftment. It's only the ego's overlaying through conditioning and wrong thinking that makes us think that there's another voice inside or another will or another person living inside of us. No, there isn't. There's just a mind that has become attached to past pain. That's all. And that mind, when you can look very clearly through whatever medium you use, whether it's prayer, meditation, A Course in Miracles, Vipassana retreat, whatever, whatever you use to look sincerely at yourself, to get beneath the pain and beneath what it is that you really want, the very light of your inquiry, turning your sacred eyes to which God is looking at the situation get this, dissolves it. It dissolves it. You don't have to do anything with it, but look at it through the light that dwells within you as you, as the Holy Spirit. That inner light, when you turn it on anything, purely and divinely, dissolves everything but the truth and the loving. It's so simple, but we think we have to fix ourselves and get therapy and, 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 and all that stuff. You know what? You don't need anything. All you need is your breath. All you need is to breathe in God and breathe out love because God, the Holy Spirit, is your breath. It's your life force. And love is who you are. How more simple can it get? The whole secret to living in the new paradigm is simply responding in all situations and conditions lovingly. That's it in a nutshell. Respond lovingly. Sai Baba has said that we cannot always oblige, but we can always speak obligingly. Okay? There is nothing wrong with saying to someone, this doesn't feel clear for me right now. When I get a little more clarity with it, I will get back to you. Always take control of your life and what you do with it. Don't let anyone force you into anything that goes against your authentic nature. This will not help you in a relationship. So often we get in a relationship with a person, you know, you date someone and you put on your better self, but you're not really being authentic. You're making an impression, you hope, but what you're doing is, is, is drawing to yourself another wounded person 
that's in an inauthentic state doing the same thing with an agenda. And so you end up with heartache and heartbreak. This is what the Course in Miracles speaks of as a special relationship, but it's not special at all. It's the ego strategy to destroy you both, if possible. It goes counter. It, it, the ego always wants to make God a liar. Wants God to make out God as a liar. So, um, food for thought, huh? So what to do when you recognize that feeling you don't like? Again, say, I don't like what I'm feeling. Perhaps I've chosen wrongly. What can it hurt if I consider it another way? I ask Holy Spirit to be shown another way. I offer this to you and ask that you correct my mind and fill it with your love and your light. That's it. Simple, huh? Being true to yourself. True to yourself. Do you know your own authentic self? You know, some of us have a very extrovert nature. Some of us have a very introvert nature. Some of us love people. We're like a big collie dog wagging our tail or what do you call them, a, a lab. You know, they're all over the place wagging their tail and everything. And some of us are little mousy uh, shih tzus or little, uh, what do you call them, those little fox, fox terrier? No, one is little Pomeranian lap dogs, okay? One is little, little, you know, they're trained to sit in uh, the lady's lap. We have all these different natures. What's your nature? Do you know it's perfect? Do you know that the universe will, will completely accommodate you? If you stand up as who you are and what you are, it just as a feedback mechanism. You know, if you put yourself out there as a false self, it will replicate the false self and people around you who will be false selves. But if you say, wait a cotton picking moment, this is who I am, deal with it, the universe will. It'll accommodate you. I gave you the example a few weeks back of what Sai Baba told me. He said, be like a giant boulder that rolls into the midst of the river. The river is going to find a way around it. It may be a little turbulent at first, but it will find its flow and accommodate your presence. So be a big boulder. By the way, you are a big boulder. I had to laugh. You know, he's so funny sometimes. But it's true. Be a big boulder in your life. The world will make room for you. It will adjust, I promise you. It's taken me a whole, whole, whole lifetime to learn the things I'm sharing with you tonight. And I'm taking the next step with you into a new paradigm, which is even more glorious. By the way, you know what? I read something amazing. It said, I think uh, actually David Wilcock shared this. Yeah, I think it did. He did in his talk. It's amazing. Do you know that if you go 13 years without a single negative thought, that your body won't die, it will completely turn into light 
and you will be in what they call the Vraja body or the diamond bolt body or the rainbow body. They've got all these names for it. But in other words, you will have completely transcended everything that has caused you to be a mortal body. And you will transfigure into living light and vanish. And your body will be reduced, in some cases, to a little tiny shriveled form. And in some cases, just a white powder. When they opened the Great Pyramid, they noticed this white powder, which when they tested it was uh, iridium, I think they called it, iridium. And that was the distilled residue of those initiates that actually were able to transfigure the body and immortalize it and vanish um, from that tomb in the Great Pyramid. And no, it was not a death chamber it was a, or burial chamber. It was an initiatory chamber. And uh, some of us didn't make it, and that's why we're claustrophobic today, I being one of them. But if you made it, you you would find yourself in your true divine form on the sun star Sirius. Pretty amazing, huh? So yeah, if you can go for 13 years without a single negative thought, your body will turn into the rainbow diamond body that the Buddhists speak of. Isn't that amazing? Easy to do when you're alone, maybe. Not so easy when you're moving with people. Huh. So I think we all have our work cut out before us. But you know, the work really is not of our doing. It's of our invitation, choosing, and allowing the Holy Spirit to have its way with us. Or our authentic self, which is the Holy Spirit. So who are you wearing? Who did you put on this morning when you awakened? What was the first words out of your mouth? All of those things will determine, along with your intention, the kind of day you will experience. Don't let your days just happen. Live on purpose, purposefully, with divine intention. With divine intention. To be the authentic self. Make time for yourself. Do not allow anything outside yourself to push your day. Walk in harmony with your own authentic flow. You will never be given anything by spirit that you're not equipped to handle. It's an absolute spiritual principle. You will never be given anything you cannot handle. Notice how every situation that arises in your life, when you step out to address it, you have the wherewithal to meet it. Another principle I've lived by for many, many years in all my travels to, to India and around the world, but particularly in India, 
I would always say, sufficient unto the day are the rupees thereof. <laughs> or sufficient unto the day is whatever. That everything I need is always at hand. I have found that is absolutely an infallible principle. I don't care what it is. I may need a paperclip or a Band-Aid or a whatever. If I really need it, it's within my reach. You might say that's a postulate I have set forth in my life, and so the universe delivers accordingly. And that's true. It is a postulate in my life. It also somewhere is alluded to in the Bible. In a lot of my life principles I have derived from studies of the Bible. I find they're infallible principles. But it takes a while to really decode them to where you can apply them, you know, out of the King James, uh, you know, version of the translations to where you can internalize them. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you can't just read it at, at face value. You have to take the different teachings, whether they're the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, whatever. You have to take the teachings and contemplate them mull over them, chew them like a like a cow chews the cud. Very important. You have to mull over, contemplate, and more importantly, put what you understand of them into practice. And you don't have to know the whole Bible. You just need one scripture. I think the best scripture is God is love. And the people of God are known by their love one for the other. Enough already. That's enough teaching. You don't need to know anything more than that. You are an embodiment of the intangible love of God made visible in time and space. That's who you are and what you are forever. And in highest truth, you have never left the heart of God. In fact, you are the heart of God. Here in time-space, we're a show-and-tell. Model the new paradigm. That's all we can do. Model it. So our brothers and sisters can begin to see what it's like to live in the love and the peace and the joy of God. And you will free them so they can be their divine self, which is what they want too. Everybody wants to be happy. Really? Don't you? I know I sure do. And when we're unhappy, it's because we have looked at something that is not real. We have looked at something that is not real. And the feedback is unhappiness. We've made something as a graven image more important than the divine image of God that we truly are. So it's not about... It's not about anything, beloveds, but being happy and true to yourself. And when you're true to yourself, your better self, your true, authentic self, you know, people are really going to appreciate you even more because they're going to have encountered an authentic person 
without an agenda. And you're going to model how they can step free from their own self-indictments and expectations and judgments. We simply do not have enough information to judge ourselves or anyone else. So let's again take a deep breath. Breathe in God. Breathe out love. Communicate sincerely from your heart. Offer all of the grievances at the feet of the Lord. Set your intention for the day. Put on the Christ. Put on the authentic self. And enjoy the moment. This moment lived with love is the new paradigm. It's just that simple. So let's go out chanting three Anai Hughes, which is the chant of unification and divine empathy. And we send the light throughout the quantum field, touching to every single sentient life form throughout all of existence. Deep breath. You are the blessings, you are the grace, you are the love of the Divine Spirit incarnated in you as 